I've had dogs. You have? Doggy Chow. Oh, I used to love Doggy Chow. <laughs> I used to love Doggy Chow too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Girl Blogger the Podcast. My name is Brett Collins, and uh, yeah, I mean, Gosh, what has happened recently? I mean, not much, but enough. Definitely enough to discuss several things I have noted here. First and foremost, the just the show of the summer, I would say, The Idol. There was so much buildup to this show, I feel, because it kind of got dragged out. I guess they had to do like a lot of reshoots and shit and everyone, I don't know. I feel like the initial, the initial reaction to the show was good because Sam Levinson's the creator who created Euphoria, obviously. And then The Weeknd is also a writer on it. And I think probably a producer as well. Um, but I feel like when the initial trailer dropped, which was a while ago, like I think kind of like last summer, was it like a full year ago or um like last fall everyone was excited for the trailer but then quickly after that i feel like the tone of the reaction shifted to like oh this show's gonna fucking suck and i don't know exactly why that change occurred maybe it was because it got leaked that yeah they did a bunch of reshoots and that i think the release date of the show got pushed back a little so people just were assuming that it was gonna suck i guess but can I just say, I loved it. So, because I, I definitely took into consideration, like, oh, um, yeah, typically when they have to do a bunch of reshoots, it's clearly because they didn't capture what they wanted to, giving it a higher chance to, yeah, not really be that great. But um, I really, really loved it. I mean, if, if you look at my Instagram or just like have any concept of what my taste is, like, this show was made for me. Like, Lily Rose Depp, like, with a cropped in, uh, you know, frame on her, like, crying and looking sexy and with her, like, tits out in, like, the first three minutes of the show. Like, come on. Like, it, everything was, everything about this show is just exactly what I would imagine for if I were to create a show. But, um, yeah, so Lily Rose Depp star, definitely, I feel like, She's definitely been in, like, the celebrity zeitgeist for some time now, but if you look at her IMDb resume, like, she hasn't really done... She's definitely worked some, but nothing that's really been, uh, you know, in the mainstream popularity of pop culture and just nothing that, like, the masses are really paying attention to. So this is her really big first moment, and... What a moment it is. Uh, so basically, so just a quick little recap on the show. I actually don't really know the full spectrum of what the show is going to be about, but essentially it's about uh, Lily Rose Depp, who is a pop star named Jocelyn. And she's coming down from what we can infer is some type of nervous breakdown. Her mother passed away. She's just had a rocky time as of late and now she's coming back with her new hit single which is honestly a total banger called world-class sinner 
And that's the other thing that I feel like some people also might not be taking into consideration about this show is that it is supposed to be a satire, even though it's not a blatantly obvious, like, uh, you know, uh, slapstick comedy type of show where they're clearly mocking the music industry in Hollywood. But it is. It's just in a more realistic, subtle way. But it is a satire, satire I feel. And uh, it's definitely self-aware of the message it's putting out and the message it's putting out is in a way mocking yeah the just like kind of the ridiculousness of uh a pop star's uh entire life and a pop star's career and just the way they're treated by the media and by their whole team i think that's probably one of the funniest uh takes that the idol has is the way that uh, Jocelyn, uh, Lily Rose Depp's team handles her, it just really puts into perspective like what a product pop stars are treated like and yeah, just how objectified they are just by people like standing 10 feet away from them. Like it's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, oh, so I kind of got sidetracked there. Sorry. So the show is about Jocelyn, a pop star coming down from a mental breakdown, trying to put out her new hit song, uh, World Class Sinner, which is a great song, by the way. Download it on iTunes or Spotify. And uh, she's just really struggling. You know, she's struggling to hit those beats in her dance moves and, you know, deliver the product that everyone is hoping for. So that, and then uh, we kind of, she meets The Weeknd, who is... Everyone was hating on his acting, and I won't say that he's great. However, I think people are being a little hard on him, at least from what I've seen so far. And uh, he comes into her life. He's like a music producer, manager or something, or club owner. A little, maybe I just didn't really grasp exactly what he does, but I feel like it's a little uh, unclear as of now, but maybe it'll become more clear as the series continues. He comes into her life and kind of acts as though he's going to help her, save her, you know, push her to the next level, when really we gather as an audience that his intentions are probably sinister and that things aren't going to go well for Jocelyn. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with it. Um, yeah, I just, oh, my God, the Jane Adams character, who is her, is it her manager, I guess? Just, like, a, a leader of her team is just so... Uh, Oh, it's just so dark and fucked up and really just not politically correct. That's another thing I think people are not liking about the show, which I actually appreciate, is that it's definitely not too worried about not being politically correct, which I feel like a lot of shows have lost, you know, over the woke movement, the Me Too movement, which, of course, it's always good to be conscious of those things, but sometimes I feel like it can... Uh, you know, people sacrifice some of the artistic choices they were going to make because out of fear of offending people or, you know, the material not being received well. But the idol definitely does not worry about that. Yeah, they're throwing out anything they can. The Jane Addams character talks about how mental illness is sexy and her whole reasoning behind that is honestly pretty hilarious and true, kind of. Like she says, essentially... A girl like Jocelyn isn't isn't gonna fuck just anyone, and like of, she's only gonna fuck the elite essentially. But why would she fuck someone that's non elite? Oh, if she was mentally ill, and that's sexy. 
it's like, oh my God, that's so dark, but you know, maybe a little bit valid. The other thing that's interesting about this show that of course people are conspiring about online, but it really isn't being talked about directly in the media, maybe because this would be pretty inappropriate, I guess, but basically where The weekend gathered his uh, inspiration for this story and for the character of Jocelyn. And I think there, I think it's been written that it's essentially a Britney Spears type story about, you know, extreme fame and the fall from grace in that sense. However, people online are more so thinking that it's about Selena Gomez, which I think is very much more possible because obviously this The weekend dated Selena Gomez. And if you've seen Selena Gomez's documentary, My Mind and Me, she's talked about it openly on her social media that she struggled with mental health. And she did have, I think, two mental breakdowns. Well, I think there was a more significant one in 2016 when she was on tour, had to be hospitalized, went into treatment. And then I think, again, there was a similar situation in 2018 but yeah she details all that in the documentary my mind and me so definitely you know very uh curious that he dated her after that the weekend dated her after that mental breakdown and now is a writer on this show about a pop star a young pop star having a mental breakdown Yeah, it's just, I feel like people forget sometimes, especially millennials, that like, to us millennials, like Britney Spears is and will forever be the ultimate pop star because that's just who we were raised on and the industry was different during her fame or her peak fame. So to us, that seems as the most obvious example, but to Gen Z and younger people, like Selena Gomez is a huge pop star She's the most, I believe, the most followed person on Instagram. I think definitely the most followed woman. So, yeah, I I kind of have to agree with those theories that this show is most likely based on her. But, you know, they aren't outright saying that. So we can only we can only speculate. And again, this show is very sleazy, just so much overt sex appeal. But I appreciate it because it's just you know, we've lost that. And especially in shows, maybe it's in still some like indie films and things. Uh, But it's just nice to see it on a mainstream show that's really getting pushed. Even though I think this show has like 29% or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Initially, before it was fully released, it had 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, which was just a little aggressive and harsh. Like the show is not like, it's just, I don't know. I think people are upset that it's not what they imagined or I think it's one of those things that people were just going to hate on it regardless regardless of how good it is because I saw a new article recently that's like one of the sex scenes in episode two is the worst sex scene in history and it's like okay it's it's sure the weekend says this like horrific line about his like fat tongue or something which like is bound to make your skin crawl like ew And he has this, like, rat tail, like, yucky. But again, oh, another point I had to make, because it is such a thing. Everyone's saying that, like, Lily Rose Depp would never be, like, a guy with the weekend. And can I just say, if you live in Los Angeles and you've been out to clubs and you've seen, you know, the couples that hang out at bottle service or whatever, there are some raggedy, heinous-looking gentlemen 
that have somehow bagged this, you know, young, hot thing. And it's, it happens quite frequently. Like this is something I have seen time and time again. And I know that for certain because, because every time I see it, I point and I look and I nudge my friend next to me and I'm like, oh my word, please look at that couple and how heinous looking that man is and how hot the girl he's with is. Like, it's almost, you know, unbelievable to think that, uh, that situation can happen, especially when it's, you know, presented in front of you, but it certainly does happen, especially in Los Angeles. So to anyone that thinks that that is an inaccurate representation, no, like that happens very often, more often than you'd imagine, where it's just like hot, hot girl and ugly guy. And not even like, it's funny because it's not even like the guy's super rich or whatever. It's just, I don't know. I can't explain it, but it is a phenomenon and it does happen. So yeah, the dynamic of Jocelyn and The Weeknd getting together in The Idol isn't as far-fetched as some might imagine. And yeah, so again, um, just uh, citing back to shows that don't push the limits that probably should have. I think of uh, the L word Generation Q that I've heard um people discuss I actually I mean I maybe I shouldn't be speaking on it too much because I haven't seen the reboot but the original L world L world L word was very sexual and just a lot of girl on girl action and that was part of the appeal of it and some people might say that it was kind of male gazy but I really don't think that many straight men were tuning into the L word every week I think that it was still very much for women specifically lesbians and so many lesbians that show is like the holy grail like lesbians love the l word especially the original l word because it was one of the only shows that really uh you know focused on lesbian culture specifically and as far as i'm concerned they loved that lesbian girl on girl action that was pretty graphic in that original series and they don't love how this new reboot the l word generation q is very very uh limited on the sex like pretty much non-existent so it just i don't know like people can i feel like people just really want to seem like they're uh you know morally not morally bankrupt and just on their moral high horse by preferring a show that doesn't have any you know graphic sex or sleazy elements or the male gaze i think is just such an overused term now but you know that and uh yeah also and just like that comes to mind of course granted these women are older so maybe that's why they didn't feel uh the urge to portray as much you know sex or sleazy elements on the show but of course we all know the original sex in the city had plenty of sex especially with samantha also doesn't help that Samantha's not on and just like that but anyway another example of just a show that's come back or, you know, a new show that people might have expected some sexy scenes and we really didn't get much. But, you know, I just think it's okay to embrace the sleaze, embrace, you know, the the trashy elements of things because it's, it's fun. And at the end of the day, it's a show and it's escapist and we want to see those things. We don't have to be doing it in our everyday life can just be on TV while we're, you know, eating crab rangoon and drinking like four bottles of wine. Like it's fine. Oh, and oh, another thing I've noticed noted is uh <laughs> this 
definitely adding to the sleaze element is Lily Rose Depp's wardrobe on this show. It's basically just all under boob, all side boob. It's just like somehow every top is like showcasing all parts of her boob except for the nipple. Pretty hilarious. And in the first um, episode, she's wearing this like skirt skirt thing situation that's just like ridden up. So like the back of her ass is basically just completely out for multiple scenes it's I mean it's just it's funny but I mean it's cute I mean she rocks it like love Lily Rose Depp who also is in apparently in a queer relationship with uh another hot female so good for her we love to see that happy pride month and um yeah so that's the idol I mean I was kind of chaotic in explaining all that I hope that you guys understood and agree with me on some things or if you don't agree let me know I think a few people already have messaged me when I posted about this show being great and that anyone that doesn't think so is an idiot but yeah of course other people are not gonna like it it's a little aggressive so can understand that it's not for everyone I just like to see a show like this out now because it's uh, refreshing in comparison to the other content we're being delivered So um, I know I just spoke about on And Just Like That and about Miss Samantha Jones, a.k.a. Kim Cattrall, and how she will apparently be returning to reprise her role as the legendary Samantha Jones on season two of And Just Like That. We heard about this uh, like a week ago. It was confirmed. I actually already uh, had been clued into this because I listened religiously to the every outfit podcast shout out to them queens uh chelsea Fairless and lauren garoni host that great podcast which focuses on a lot of things but primarily on all things sex in the city and they had already been uh tipped off to kim cattrall returning by some inside source that they know and so yeah kimmy cattrall is headed back to um you know the world of sex in the city But there were some very strict, uh, you know, boundaries that she set up, apparently, which are kind of crazy. And I don't know, it's a little sad to think about, but it's also she's kind of a girl boss for like demanding these things. So I guess she did not shoot her scene with any of the other actors that was apparently written into her contract. And, uh... Also, even more surprising is that Michael Patrick King, the showrunner who also directs a lot of the episodes, was not even on set for her scene that she shot for her cameo, which uh, is pretty unheard of. I don't think that ever really happens. And if it has, we certainly have not made it's not been made known to us as the public. So that is a very, you know, she might have made history with that demand. But uh, so, uh, yeah, some more info I heard about this is apparently she got paid a million dollars for whatever she filmed. And it was only one day of shooting. So we can it's likely that she's only going to be in one scene. And it could only be like, who even knows, like seconds long, a minute long. I didn't read the whole Variety article. Maybe they did cue everyone into how long the scene would be, but it's not going to be much. And uh, the way that she was able to make these demands and have all of this come to fruition was because uh, somebody, a higher up executive, I think there is a name, but I forget. So someone very high up at HBO 
actually reached out to her and set up this deal for her. I don't know if they fully went over Michael Patrick King's head, but he was not involved in getting her back into the show. And that makes sense because initially when they talk about Kim Kim Cattrall not being on and just like that, he sets it up. He doesn't directly say it, but as an audience, we we infer that uh, she declined coming back as Samantha. But we later found out that she actually was never even asked to be on and just like that. And I think it was because there was uh, some issues they had with the third installment film. They were going to make a third film and she had some demands for that. I think she wanted some other like projects greenlit if she was going to come back for the third film. The studio said no. So then she was like, okay, I'm not returning as Samantha. So when and just like that came about, Michael Patrick King didn't even ask her to be on the show probably because he wanted to avoid an awkward conversation where she could openly be like, hell no. So he just didn't even want to go there. And because of that, he, she was ended up not even being asked to be on and just like that. So now that she's making this cameo, it was only done because yeah, like I mentioned some high up at HBO decided, you know what? We need Samantha. We need Samantha because it's what the audience wants and they were right. And she's coming back. And so there are two theories about what this could mean. It could mean that Samantha's return is going to branch out and make her, you know, a character on this next season of And Just Like That, season three, which would be crazy because how could she continue on not seeing the other actors? Like, I mean, that would just be impossible. Like... What is there just going to be? I mean, it would be great because it would just basically be the Samantha Jones show, which everyone would love. However, in terms of, you know, logistics, filming and just it just wouldn't be able to happen, I don't think. So I think the more likely thing that will happen is that this second season is going to be the final season of Just Like That. And Samantha's cameo will just be like a glorious little, you know, final button at the end of the season to really just uh, give everyone a super satisfying ending conclusion, which is that a super satisfying conclusion? Because then we just would want more. It would be like kind of like leaving us hanging like an ultimate cliffhanger. So I don't know, like, but it would then also make sense if it was the final season of just like that, because they already had that, you know, last supper themed advertisement uh promo photos so that wouldn't really make sense if it's not the final supper but who the fuck knows maybe that was just a weird creative choice they went to promote this season (sighs) but it got me thinking like who would win in a kim cattrall sjp showdown like if they were to like go full fisticuffs who would kick the other one's ass? I mean, like, we're sh- Kim would win. Like, yeah, Kim Cattrall is definitely winning in a hands-on brawl if her and SJP were to actually get in a fight. But, um, yeah, it would just be kind of fun to see. Like, I'm imagining them as, like, you know, like, Street Fighter. Like, if there was, like, a video game where you could, like, choose to be, like, Kim Cattrall or some Sarah Jessica Parker and, like, fight each other, that would be fun. I don't know. But anyway, like, we're excited to see it. You know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. So when it comes to the end of End Just Like That, we'll be waiting for Samantha. But (laughs) honestly, kind of sucks for everyone else because I feel like we're just going to be waiting for this the whole 
second season. Like each episode is just going to be, you know, a countdown to when Samantha Jones's cameo comes on. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how that all plays out and if this new season is any good. All right, shifting out of that into a completely different topic, one that was kind of equally surprising, I'll say, is that if anyone follows Angelina Jolie on Instagram, she announced this new company that will be launching, and it is called Atelier Jolie. And it will be connecting customers with tailors and pattern makers to reduce fabric waste and create more sustainable fashion. This was very surprising to me because... I feel like when people think about Angelina Jolie, especially when I think about Angelina Jolie, I don't necessarily associate her with fashion. Like, of course, she's turned some looks and, like, always looks hot. Like, she's stunning. But, like, she's not really, like, a fashion girly. Like, she's no Chloe Sevigny. You know what I mean? Like, if anyone's aware, some people might know, this was a news to me that I learned when I was uh, recapping this recent Met Gala, is that Angelina Jolie's actually never been to a Met Gala. So then it got me on a little more of a deep dive, and it made me realize that Angelina's never really, I don't know if she's never been to Fashion Week, but there's certainly, she's certainly not frequently frequenting fashion shows and, you know, traveling from like Milan to Paris to London to go to Fashion Week. Like, she's never really been that girl. So it's kind of weird that this is the new um, business endeavor that she's launching. Because also, you know, and it's great, but it's just totally foreign to me, like all of her uh, refugee work, she's very much known for that. And, you know, more like charitable philanthropy specifically with refugees. So... I don't know. It just makes me wonder, like, was this her idea? Was she just kind of, like, coerced into this? And, like, it was just like, oh, yeah, sustainable fashion's, like, on trend. Like, I want to be ahead of that, um, you know, ahead of that market and be, you know, a trailblazer for sustainable fashion. Because, I mean, it is a good idea. And because uh, most tailors are, like, mom and pop shops, you know, and locally owned. At least I think so. Like, I don't really know of any you know, business big chains that are tailors from, like, city to city. Does anyone else know of that? I've never heard of it. I don't think it exists. So, yeah, this is kind of, like, the first of this type of business. So, yeah, very innovative, Angie. Love to see it. And then I was like, do they have a website? And they do actually have a website, and the opening page, ugh, do I read all of this? It's like not that long here. I'll just say, I'll just read the, like the ending paragraph. We hope to create a community of creativity and inspiration, regardless of socioeconomic background. We will spotlight the people who play a part in each creation. We will bring together a diverse team, including apprentice, apprenticeships for refugees, oh, refugees, and other talented underappreciated groups with positions of dignity based on skill. And we will work with global artisans and creators and hope to share the richness of their cultural heritage and support the development of their own businesses. It's all new, and I'm more of an artist than a businesswoman. Okay. I hope to see you there and to be one of the many creating with you within our new creative collective. Bear with me. I hope, this, I hope to grow this with you. Okay, so... We will bring together diverse team, including apprenticeships for refugees. Okay, so there is a little Angelina spin in there, and refugees will somehow be incorporated into this. 
That's interesting. And then at the very end of this, there's this signature of hers that's a joke. It's like, it's like two like arcs and then like scribble. Like this is the weirdest signature I've ever seen. I don't know. Angelina, like what a woman. Like there's such a interesting thing surrounding her. Just like, I don't, interesting thing. What do I mean by that? Like, I guess a narrative surrounding Angelina, like, is Angelina, like, a good person? Like, of course she is on paper because she's helped so many people in her, you know, philanthropy and everything like that. But, like, on a more human standard level, like, I don't know. I feel like she's done some kind of fucked up shit. Like, I'm not even trying to hate on Angelina, but just, like, it got me thinking, like, who are Angelina's friends in Hollywood? Like, I don't really think anyone knows. Maybe she doesn't care to. I wonder what her interactions are like with other actors. It's just a big question mark because back when she, you know, going back in time a little bit, when she was with Billy Bob Thornton and that whole, you know, uh, bizarre, like, media explosion of a relationship happened, it was like, they were making out, obviously. They had the vials of blood. It was all weird. But I feel like a lot of people don't realize, or it wasn't as discussed, that Billy Bob was dating with, dating Laura Dern at the time, and I believe living with her. And then when he met Angelina, he just up and ditched her fully to be exclusive with Angelina, and Laura Dern just got the complete shit end of the stick. And it just sucks. So, I mean, of course, Laura Dern's not going to be a fan of... Uh, a fan of Angelina and then like we're all more than aware of the saga that was you know Brad and Jennifer Aniston breaking up him immediately going with Angelina it seemed as though he cheated on Jennifer with Angelina so it's just like okay I guess Angelina just has like no qualms of like stealing your man or whatever like she's not afraid to homewreck it seems even though those women didn't have children at least I don't think yeah so obviously Brad and Jen didn't have any kids together so it's maybe she's not breaking up a home but she's definitely breaking up a couple which you know most would consider not the most admirable quality maybe she just doesn't give a fuck maybe we shouldn't villainize the woman you know equally the man's at fault whatever but it just, yeah, it got me more thinking of, you know, is she just like an icy cold woman that doesn't give a fuck about other, you know, people, especially people in Hollywood? Because I think of like uh, Girl Interrupted and after that movie wrapped, it was known that Winona Ryder and Brittany Murphy became pretty good friends. But, you know, Angelina was not tight with them. You know, we Reese Witherspoon's good friends with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, it's just, no, it's a pretty small circle. I always think of this, uh, one of those 73 Vogue questions that Nicole Kidman did. And they're like, something people doesn't don't know about Hollywood. And her response is, we all kind of know each other. It's actually pretty small, which makes sense. Because like the sea of A-listers is not that vast. And obviously they're all aware of each other and a lot of them have all worked with each other, you know, within a few degrees of every other actor. So it is a very small circle. So yeah, I don't know. I just wonder like what they all think of Angelina Jolie. Like I'm just imagining like Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston and like Chelsea Handler all like 
sitting around a pool, drinking Aperol spritzes, like talking shit about Angie, you know, like, I feel like that's their vibe. I can't imagine they're like, oh, love her, would love to work with her, you know, like, what a woman, because it's, yeah, it's like a very intimate setting, like, they've all been kind of wronged by Angelina in some sense, or a lot of people have, I don't know, just something, something to maybe really deep dive about that people aren't right now because maybe because like Gen Z don't really give a fuck about Angelina Jolie like millennials did I don't know kind of went on a digression there from Angelina's from Atelier Jolie into just is Angelina Jolie a bitch so who knows but yeah interested to see how this Atelier Jolie pans out and like will there be a lot of locations will there be an online business aspect to it maybe I'll you know get something sustainably tailored there or made there we'll see i also wonder what the pricing situation is interesting well i don't know yeah i think that it's pretty early stages of the business so we'll see how that really pans out okay what else do i have on here all right yeah uh you know segueing into another completely different topic the kardashians so season three has premiered on hulu um Seasons one and two, I honestly don't even really know what happened. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the beauty of the Kardashians is like, there's such a blurred line between what we're seeing on the show and just what we're seeing in the media and on their social media. Uh, So it's hard to distinguish sometimes what happened on the show and what they said on the show versus what was being said, you know, on a talk show that they maybe did an appearance on or an Instagram post that they made. It's all just kind of one driving force at this point that is the Kardashians. And I don't know. So yeah, I I can't even really say what happened on. Oh, I guess, you know, basically just like Chloe getting, you know, wronged by Tristan again and the reveal that she was having a surrogate with him. That, I feel like, was, like, the big news of season two. I really don't remember what happened on season one of the Hulu show. But this season three came in pretty hot with this kind of hilarious new skating intro. They're, like, roller skating at this local roller rink in L.A. And they're all wearing black cat suits, like, different variations of a black cat suit. It kind of reminded me of the Spice Girls film and how they do that... uh, like fake uh secret agent sequence called fox force five where they're all wearing different silver outfits per girl yeah it was it was giving that energy for sure and it was kind of drawn out but i loved it yeah i I hope they do it for every episode they're all kind of having the balenciaga makeover i feel like that was very specific to kim initially like the demna makeover but now they're all kind of on that train and obviously like Dolce and Gabbana train too, but I feel like their casual wear is more the Balenciaga vibe still. And this first episode, so, or I don't know if it's the first episode, one of the first episodes, Kendall and Kylie, all they do is like bond over learning to drive stick shift. So Kendall being, you know, the horse girl that she is apparently also loves cars I mean, not to hate on Kendall, but, like, it's just funny to me. Like, like, do you really... Because I remember another time she was getting ready. She's like, I'm such a nerd. I love basketball. Like, I love watching basketball. And then she's like, oh, my God. Like, I love cars. It's just very that, like, 
hot girl that loves Star Wars and playing video games vibe. It's just like, do you? I don't know. I'm not going to tell her what she likes and doesn't like, but it's just a funny thing that I've really noticed. So yeah, so Kendall and Kylie are learning stick shift or Kendall is teaching Kylie how to drive stick shift. And it's during this scene that it occurred to me that Kendall and Kylie show a very limited amount of their personal lives. Like we don't really get the tea on who they're dating. Like you would think, or we would hope that Kendall would really set the record straight on what's going on with her and Bad Bunny, but there's no mention of him at all. So yeah, and I'm I'm thinking it's because, and I also heard this on a different podcast that they, if you think back to the original Kardashians when it was on E! in the early days, Kendall and Kylie were like 10 years old. So of course they weren't going to put uh, the private lives of these children on public display. And I feel like they've always just kind of ridden with that same tone. So that's kind of why Kendall and Kylie don't have to reveal as much about their lives is because in a sense, they're still perceived as the babies of the family and they are the youngest of course but you know they're in their 20s now so it would be appropriate for them to share more especially since all the other girls are but yeah they're not yeah and so chloe jesus christ chloe has just been through some shit and like a part of us a lot of people just like laugh about her online and like you know there are those memes like with clown makeup on her face and just saying that like she's such a fool to be you know taken on this Tristan ride so many times but I don't know watching the show does make me feel for her a bit more you know when you do love someone and especially after you've had a kid with someone I imagine it's very hard to just let go but she should of course oh and it's revealed that she now is dealing with a cancerous thing on her face which is just like my worst nightmare like if it's gonna be anywhere like it has to be on your face like you know and they're like oh we don't know how big it's going to be until we get in there so she has to get it removed and she has this kind of odd like flesh tone bandage on her face for it looks like it's going to be a majority of the season and it's kind of I don't know it creeps me out a little bit because it's like they almost like blend the bandage into her face with her makeup so it's like at a second uh, for a second you're looking at her and you don't notice anything and then she like shifts or the light catches it and you're like what and it's just it almost looks like this like you know like fake panel on her face and it's just like oh god it just like freaks me out and just like oh it makes me feel so bad like shit is not good for chloe like it's a rough one but i don't know i I am liking this uh, the point i wanted to make is that i'm really liking this third season already a lot more than the others because i feel like they're just not that they're opening up on that they need to be opening up on the most intimate details of their life. But it is kind of interesting because the things that they have opened up about are topics that I think should really be discussed more often. Um, For example, Chloe is talking about how she had the surrogate and how it's a lot different than when she had a kid, uh, you know, in the conventional sense of, you know, giving birth herself in that like it was just a really weird dynamic and we saw that of how they don't show the surrogate and the minute the surrogate has the baby they kind of wheel away the surrogate and place the baby in uh the you know biological mother's arms but it just feels weird it almost feels like you're stealing the baby in a sense 
And yeah, I could imagine it's just harder to connect with a child when you're not physically giving birth to it or when you didn't physically carry it. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's a weird concept that is happening more often now that we see it, especially with people that have the financial means to have a surrogate. It's just, yeah, it's got to be difficult bonding with a child like that, especially after you've had one, you know, in the uh, traditional sense. Like, yeah, it was just like really interesting to hear about that from Chloe. And I feel like there needs to be, you know, some big, big publication needs to do a full story of that because, or just more people need to talk about it because it's reminding me of when uh, Brooke Shields, uh, you know, broke the seal on discussing postpartum depression because obviously that's something that women have probably dealt with since the beginning of time, but it wasn't until Brooke Shields as a culture that we really recognized as that being a common thing that happens. She really put that into, you know, a public discussion. So I feel like there's a lot of things that need to be put into public discussion to make people feel more comfortable about what they're going through with something such as that because yeah I feel like surrogates happening more often there's definitely going to be other people feeling like that so thank you Chloe thank you for breaking the seal on that and uh, getting that into the public discussion and then another thing kind of piggybacking on that is when Courtney reveals that some of the eggs she had frozen didn't survive or weren't usable after the thawing process which I didn't even know that that was possible. So that's, and apparently when I looked it up, it can happen pretty, I don't know how common, but it's not uncommon for that to happen. So yeah, you can spend tens of thousands of dollars to have your eggs frozen in advance. And then there's the possibility that they won't even be usable when the time comes. So that's pretty devastating, I could imagine, and really upsetting that I had never heard of, but yeah, people probably need to be made aware of that too, especially if they plan on freezing their eggs. Oh, Chris Jenner. I just wrote Chris is some other shit. And she really is. I mean, it's kind of amazing all that they're able to handle. I'm just kind of going through like random things that stood out to me throughout these first few episodes. And yeah, Chris just like being such a momager, the dedication and willpower of this woman it's like, how does she sleep? Does she sleep? Just managing everything? Because at the end of it all, it seems as though Chris has a hand in everyone, probably because she's like, yeah, everyone's manager, either literally. I th is she every girl's manager? Probably. Damn. It's just, yeah, just so many things to juggle. Because obviously each girl is juggling their own shit. And then Chris is kind of juggling all their shit. I don't know. It just seems way too overwhelming for me to even comprehend. Oh, one thing that was really funny to me was this 818 tequila party that Kendall is having for, you know, her new tequila business. And there's like a robot making the drinks. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like when you get to this level of wealth, there are so many things that people do as like whether it's like a flex or it's like somebody recommended it to them because it's within their budget or just the possibilities are endless basically. So you really get into the weeds of like, oh, what crazy thing can I do because I have the means to that no one else has ever seen before. And sometimes I feel like it just really falls flat and just seems stupid. And I feel like this is a great example of that where why do, does anyone really want a robot making their drinks? Like, that seems, 
I don't know. I just really don't think it's that cool. And I feel like it's, you know, kind of recipe for disaster a little bit. I don't want a robot making my drink, whatever. Maybe some people think that's dope. I I don't know. But even more bizarre than that is they had this man on like a jet pack or I don't know what the correct term is for this type of technology or whatever, but he like hovers in. It's basically like a spy kids or like a, you know, um, inspector gadget type thing. Or like, I think Iron Man is maybe the best example where he just like hovers in on this jet pack thing, but he doesn't like, it's not like he's flying in from like miles away or from like, even from a different place. It's like, he just like goes across the lawn and it's super loud and it just seems like abrasive. And it's like, why do we need to be doing this? Like, why does he need to like hover pack this tequila bottle over to Kendall from like, you know, 20 yards away? Like, do we really need to make this entrance? But again, I guess it's just cause like, they have the money, so why the fuck not? But it's just like, what is the point of that? I don't know. That's just kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Kardashians, a lot of people hate, but at the end of the day, we're all paying attention. So why not just kind of like set that aside and just like admit that, you know, this is this is a family that is very, you know, an integral part of pop culture now, and it's just kind of unavoidable so I feel like we should accept rather than reject because they do uh set you know like I mentioned earlier with the the um surrogacy and the egg freezing there are a lot of topics presented on this show that are important things to be discussed and then it just kind of as a whole got me thinking about everything kind of to take it back to Selena Gomez and like that documentary she did and talking about mental health and everything and then like Kim kind of talking about uh her dealing with Kanye she has all the kids her businesses her psoriasis is flaring up just really makes you realize that no matter what money a person has like at the end of the day sure that can allow you to have access to resources more easily which is very uh access to resources more easily which is of course very ideal but having the money in the first place doesn't eliminate you know the trauma the disease the distress just everything that can happen in lives so and especially sometimes when you are at this level of fame or wealth it can bring more of those things into your life like you know Kim's like the whole thing with Kanye if you think about it like posting the text messages sharing so much personal info attacking her new boyfriend just it's got to be hell like oh like it gives me anxiety just thinking about that but yeah they they handle it somehow some some type of definitely takes a specific type of person to be able to handle all of that going on in their lives and then put it on such a insanely public platform that yeah that's that's a lot that's a lot for sure but yeah that's the new kardashians and some of the highlights to me and just what i thought about it in general but uh yeah i don't know if you're into the kardashians obviously watch it and if you're not you probably won't watch it but again it's just like the kardashians they're here to stay people say they're dying out they're not they'll always be here it'll never end so i say we accept and you know And so it is. 
and yeah so that's that's another episode for you guys um gonna you know have to collect some things and what i'm gonna talk about oh the idol as far as the idol goes i'm not gonna recap each week each episode i figure you know i talk about these this first introduction of the show and these first two episodes and then i'll uh return back to it once the show's over and the finale has aired because i'll definitely want to discuss that but yeah probably same goes for the kardashians because it's just you know too much to keep up with but uh, yeah, I'll definitely return to it once uh, they have wrapped up and the finales have aired. So yeah, love you guys. Hope you enjoyed. Bye, bitches. Mm-hmm.